let's all stand together. Yes, I will. Praise your name this morning. That's what we're going to start with, and that's what we're going to do. I count on one thing. I count on one thing. The same God, the same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, yes, I will. Good morning. You may be seated. 
It's good to have you. We want to say welcome to Team Day here at Lindsay Lane. So we're going to lead cheers this morning as we get started. So I don't know what team you pull for, but we're pulling for Lindsay Lane this morning. <laughs> so we're just one big go Lions. How about that for Lindsay Lane Christian Academy? Uh, we can all get on board with that. So that's great to see you this morning. we just so glad that you're here. We hope your team won yesterday. Looks like all of our local teams did well, and we're uh, excited to be here. So uh, we're just glad that you're here with us to worship this morning. We can all cheer for Jesus. Amen. 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 But uh, I want to say welcome. I'm Bradley Griggs. I'm the executive pastor here at Lindsay Lane, and we're delighted to have you. If you're a guest of ours this morning, uh, we want to say welcome to you especially. And if you would take just a moment and fill out the little connect card that's attached to your bulletin, uh, or in the back of your pew, if you'd take a moment and fill that out. If you have a prayer request, any of you that have a prayer request that we could pray with you about, our staff would be honored to do that. You fill that out and just drop it in the, one of the offering containers out in the uh, foyers. So as you exit this morning and after the service, you just drop that off there. Uh, we would uh, love to have a record of you being with us. And if you have a prayer need, we'll certainly join with you in praying for that. Uh, but it's a joy to be in the Lord's house this morning to come together to worship. We worship Him through our singing and listening and hearing the Word together, studying the Word together, prayer and giving. And we certainly want to encourage you to be a faithful giver. And uh, as God blesses us and He has blessed this church in the area of stewardship, we want to say thank you for your faithfulness in the area of stewardship. Our offering containers, again, are out in the foyers. And so if you haven't dropped your offerings off and you want to do that today, we'd certainly encourage you to do that. You can text LLBC to 73256 and give by text to give. Or if you want to give online, you can do that through our website at lindsaylane.org. But God bless you for your faithfulness in every, every area of your life. And uh, again, just join us as we uh, celebrate baptism again this morning. We're delighted. God's just blessing. I'm sorry, Bradley. We're not doing baptism. I gave you the wrong information. Uh-oh, Dwayne. It's my fault. We're not having baptism. We're going to baptize morning. you. You get up there right now. <laughs> Go ahead and pray, brother. Amen. Well, I'll just pray for us. He, he could use a good Duncan. I'll have... <laughs> Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you. What a joy. What a joy to come into your house to worship. God, help us to never take this for granted. Father, we love this church. God, it means so much to us to come together as a church family. We thank you for your protection, for the fellowship that we enjoy, and for the love of Christ that we share together. God, we pray your blessings on the remainder of our time of worship today. Father, bless our offering. Bless our time of prayer. Bless our singing and our praise to you. Bless our pastors. He stands before us and brings the message today. God, we just pray you'd pour out your blessings on this place. Thank you again for all that you do for us. And for the joy and the peace, the grace that we share in the Lord Jesus Christ. We lift you up this morning in praise and honor. May you alone be glorified in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing. Forever he is glorified. Forever he is risen high. Amen.
Romans chapter 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When you follow God, he sees you through the blood and sacrifice of Christ. And through that blood, you have eternal hope. Amen. The blood of Jesus speaks for me. Be still, my soul, redeeming out of the dust of Calvary is rising to the throne above. There is no vengeance in his cry while it is finished. Sing it out, worthless lamb. 
please be seated. Goodness. Man, I love coming to church. I love being here with you. And I'm so glad that you're here today. Happy Labor Day weekend and all that. But thank God Almighty, our confidence is not in May in vain. Amen. Well, today is Team Gear Sunday, and all of you look awesome. And uh, some of you forgot. That's okay. You can wear it again next week. No judgment here. But uh, we've seen a lot of diversity of, of teams and representatives. Um, but as Greg said last week, we are going to uh, do a little something different to start off. In the, in the, so the spirit of, of competition, and given that it is Team Gear Sunday, we have some people we've recruited uh, that if they want to go ahead and make their way to the stage now, they can do that. Hello. If you don't mind, Pastor, I'd like to introduce these teams as if we were like on the prices, right? Is that okay? I love that. Yes. Hey, that's a lot more fun, right? That's right. Okay, would you please welcome to the stage Chris and Ashley Bell. Yeah. Chris and Ashley have on Dodger gear. Uh, is that for a specific reason, guys? That's about all we brought with us from California. Oh, so you guys are, so you flew in just for this show, this taping today? Okay, so, no, really, these guys are from California. How long have you been in Alabama? Two months. Two months. Awesome. Give them a hand. <laughs> their teammates, their teammates that will form Team Lindsay is Brett and Aaron Nave. Come on up, guys. How you're supposed to run like you were on the prizes, right? While they're making their way to the stage, Brett and Aaron Nave, where do you guys hail from? East Limestone, so they flew in as well. That's Team Lindsay. On this side of the stage will be Team Lane. Team Lindsay, Team Lane. First team to represent Team Lane will be father and son, Team Freddie and Fred Leonard. Those guys has watched the prices right, and they got it going on. If you'll notice, ran up here. Father Fred has no team gear on, and his son told me well ago. I was like, "Is your dad?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I said, "Does he have team gear on?" He says, "No, he does not." And I say, "It's team gear Sunday. Why does he not have team gear on?" And he said, "He taught me growing up that he does not wear Alabama gear when they win. He only wears it when they lose, as not to rub it into people's faces. Is that not humble, guys? Give these guys a hand." And so, I'll take I'll take take it for Fred. He will you will never see him in Alabama gear. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, some of y'all got that. And lastly, last team to help out on team lane will be Jimmy and Debbie Ballinger. Come on up, guys. Limestone Countyans from Athens. Where do you guys hail from? Where did y'all fly in? Oh, y'all flew in from East Limestone as well. Okay, Pastor's going pastor's gonna to take right. it from here. When we get ready, he's going to ask you some questions. The name of the game is? Know Your Bulletin. I don't know if you've studied your bulletin. Know Your Bulletin. Know Your Bulletin. The, okay, Ballingers, the Ballingers wore Alabama gear for you, Freddie. There you go. Yes, yes. Now, we need some crowd participation. They are going to yell out either Lindsay, if this team knows the answer, you can collaborate. Y'all can get a little closer if lucky like each other. Yeah. And if you guys know the answer, you yell out Lane, and then I just need y'all to point at whoever uh, yelled first, and then I will give you the mic, and you can get the answer. We do have some gift cards available for the winning team. 
And so the first question to our host. The first Mr. question from Know Your Bulletin today. And again, if you think you know the answer, anybody on your team can say your team name. Your team, team name is? Very good. you got to give okay. it, it louder than that, guys. And you are Lane. Very good. Well, you should know it since they went first. And Okay. All right. So the, the first question from Know Your Bulletin is down at the bottom of each bulletin, it says, Lindsay Lane, guess Wi-Fi password. What is that password? <laughs> now, now here, here. some of y'all are pointing this way and some of y'all are pointing this way. I, I'm, I'm having more this way. We're going to go over here. I think, for, I think the guess password I mean, on the really bottom did. of the bulletin is... You got a Lindsay Lane. That is correct. It is. That's right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. He, we, wait, wait, wait. Let's go to the judges. Freddie, man, I, I respect where your head's at. He said it's all lowercase Lindsay Lane, but that ain't going to get it. They got the point. Very good. I like where your head's at, though. That's right. He came to play. He came to play just a little too late. All right. So very good. Team Lindsay is up one another. We have five questions. The second question is, October the 3rd, we will take up a missions offering. What is the name of that offering? Lane, who's going to answer? Fred Leonard is going to answer. Give to go. That is correct. Oh, very good. Very good. Our Give to Go missions offering will be the first Sunday in October. We hope that you're praying about that. We're looking forward to that and hope this team will also be aware of that on, uh, yes. in October. No, I'm Give kidding. to go. I'm kidding. All right. Through the month of September, uh, for three specified Sunday nights, we will have a new cornhole league. New cornhole league. So if you've not signed up for the Cornhole League, you need to see your bulletin. There's a QR code there. You can sign up through that. But when is the last date to sign up? Lane, who's going to answer? Uh, this Wednesday. This Wednesday is correct. This Wednesday is correct. It's correct. Very good. Apparently some people read the bulletin. That's right. So it's two to one, right? Some people do not. Two to one. Got it. No, we're not cheating for you. All right. Question four. Aaron, Nath. Question four. Uh, you can join us soon at Talladega Super Speedway for a great day of fellowship because one of our pastors will be giving the invocation before a NASCAR series race. I've not asked a question. Hey, oh, we, we, respect the game. Respect the game. You must wait till the end of the question. Yes, because you don't know what the end of the question will be. But that'll be Saturday, October the 2nd at 3.30. Which one of our pastors will be... Which one of our pastors will represent us at Talladega Super Speedway? Okay. Due to the previous disqualifications and to make the game more interesting, yes. we're going to go to the Lindsay team. And John will. Oh, no! <laughs> All right, hold on. Hold on. There's some background information. Y'all, some of these folks I've known for five minutes, and some of them I've known for 50 years, and I'm not even 50 years old. I've known that guy right there. Brett, have, you ever, have I ever been to a NASCAR race ever? Yeah. Y'all want to go ahead? Would, would you guys like to answer? Pastor Greg, why? That's right. That's correct. Yeah, that was that one's on Brett right there. That one's on Brett. So I think that makes it three to one with one question. One. So this remaining. one's worth three points. This was worth three points. Okay, yes. Last question. 
The sermon series for this month is called what? No. Oh, I think they got it. <laughs> he gave the answer instead of, instead of the name. We got it over Okay, here. okay. Wait, wait, wait. What did, what, what did you say just then? Okay. Come on, man. I thought, rhythms. I thought, I thought you said rhythms is correct. Rhythms is correct. Very good. Rhythm, rhythm. All right, awesome. We have some parting gifts for both sides, maybe at the end of this. Yes. And so would you please give both of our teams, and Team Lindsay, Team Lane, very good. Very good. Yes. See, One of see, those teams did a lot better than the other, but that's okay. Uh, but thanks again, y'all, for playing. Know your bulletin. See me after the service. Team Gear uh, Sunday. For your prizes. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, we've played that before. We played that before at Lindsay Lane East. We had two people come up at the end of the service, and we had zero correct answers for like five straight questions. So, very good. Both sides did very, very well. You never know when we'll play Know Your Bulletin, so stay up to date on everything that's happening here at Lindsay Lane. One thing I do want to remind you of that was mentioned and that will feature again with the video at the end of the service is the Give to Go Missions Offering. The Give to Go Missions Offering will take that the first Sunday in October, and uh, it will go to fund our missions budget for the entire next year. Uh, mission trips and missions partners and how we do missions here at Lindsay Lane, that is a very important offering coming up the 1st of uh, October, which is why we feature videos and we talk about it and we put it in the bulletin and all those things. But I'm praying that God would, would truly stir our hearts towards even giving of our resources and become generous towards providing a depth of mission work in the next year where we will send people out for the glory of God and the good of man. Uh, last night, this happened last night, I was in the drive through at Jack's last night. Like, we go to drive-thrus just like everybody else, right? I mean, so we're in the drive-thru at Jack's, and uh, there was a, a lady that was, um, that was receiving money, the cash register, and, and I could tell as soon as I pulled up, she was struggling, struggling. And, and so truly, I said, hey, I said, are you, are you having a tough day? You all right? She's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just tired. I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And uh, she went ahead and she said, my, my grandfather passed away recently. He died of, of COVID pneumonia. And um, I took a couple of days off, but they needed me. And so it's just been a long day. She was just wearing it. I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I said, and I, I'll be praying for you. And I asked her, I said, what is your name? She said, my name's Becca. I said, Becca, I'm going to make sure I'm praying for you. And uh, I said, you know, I'd love to invite you to our church. We'd love for you to come and, and um, take it in. Maybe we can help you. And she said, where is that church? I said, well, I go to Lindsay Lane. I said, if you go to here at the stoplight, take a right. It's on the left. And truly, when I had invited her, it was, it was like she had not even considered the idea that God could help. And she asked twice where our church was. I want you to think about that. We could walk to Jack's from here. She asked twice where our church was. We can't ever get this thing in our head where, like, they know where we are. Can't do that. They know where we are. Do they? Do they? And so it becomes personal. We, and then we extend that invitation. It reminds me, last night reminds me of people all over the world that likely may have not even considered that God could help their situation or that even they could be in a right relationship with God. There are people all over the world that, that have likely never considered church. There are people all over this area that don't know where church is. And so the point is, is for us to go to them, for us to go to them. So right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop what we're doing. I'm going to pray for Becca right now. 
We'll pray for our family. And then I'm going to tell you one more thing, and we're going to start our, our new sermon series. Lord, I thank you, Father, for our church. I thank you, Lord, for how you put us all together. I pray in the name of Jesus, Rebecca. Lord, I pray that she would recognize her need for you. And God, that you would give me another opportunity maybe to talk to her. Lord, there are people all over the world that need you. And I pray, oh God, you would use your church and send us out to work for your glory. And Lord, be with us now as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We are beginning a sermon series called Rhythms on Wednesday night. We'll do a follow-up to this sermon series on Wednesday night as we begin to talk about spiritual disciplines. And we'll actually talk about the failures and uh, even the positives of disciplines. We'll talk about accountability on Wednesday night. So we'd love for you to be here as a follow-up for that during the middle of the week. But I want you this morning, I want you to think for just a second about your individual faith in the context of a family dinner. I want you to think about your individual faith in the context of a family dinner. An individual in a family, at a family dinner, sometimes consumes what is provided for them, and sometimes others consume what they provided for them. So it goes both ways. You, you, you come in, you sit at the table, you're eating what has been fixed for you, or you have fixed for others, and they eat what you fixed. And, and then you kind of get the sense that if, if what you have is so good and somebody else doesn't have it, you will invite them to that table so that they can have a meal maybe they've never had before or maybe they can experience a family gathering that they've never had before. But the truth is, while regularly scheduled family dinners benefit the person who is part of the family and benefit those who have been fixed for and benefit even those that would come from the outside into the table, you can't have family dinner three times a day, seven days a week. So it stands to reason that the other times of the day during the week, you've got to feed yourself. You've got to feed yourself. There is a time for a corporate gathering. We talked last month a lot about what we do together, together for the glory of God and the good of man. There's a corporate element of the Christian life. And there's also an individual element of the Christian life. What we do when we're not in the gathering, where what is done together as the family of faith is now practiced just because we are a disciple of Jesus. And this is why we call this rhythms. It's relative to the regularly repeated movements for the believer in everyday life, in every area of our life, towards becoming mature as we follow Jesus. As one leader said, and listen to this because it's good, when it comes to spiritual growth, to just stay where you are is to move in the wrong direction. So I want you to think today, where are you in your relationship with God and where do you need to be? Because to stay where you are is to actually move in the wrong direction. And our scripture today comes from 1 Timothy. So turn to 1 Timothy, even in your Bibles or on your tablets or phones. But as you are turning to 1 Timothy chapter 4, the author of 1 Timothy, who is the Apostle Paul, a, a Christian leader who is writing to Timothy, his protege or an understudy, a, a Christian leader in the making, Paul is writing to Timothy about how to live out his calling, about how to live out his faith and to influence others to do the same. You see... This is our goal. It's not just to get saved. Our goal, once God saves us, is to begin to practice spiritual disciplines so that we become so mature in the faith that we are a ministry to others, raising up other leaders to become disciples of Christ who are then reaching other people to do the same. And the end, as it says in our first focus verse of chapter 4, verse 6, is a worthy servant of Jesus Christ. 
That is the goal. And spiritual disciplines, as we talk about rhythms, spiritual disciplines are a means to an end. Spiritual disciplines are not the end themselves. The things that we practice are so that we become a worthy servant of Jesus Christ. First of all, a worthy servant learns. A servant learns. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teachings you have followed. Did you notice that, notice that at the beginning of that verse? If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, what, what are these things that Timothy was to explain? If you look back in verses 1 through 5, you will see the things that Paul is saying, explain this to your church so that they will be knowledgeable of the truth and you will be found a worthy servant. There will be those towards the end of days that you see in verses 1 through 5 that have absolutely twisted ideas far from God. They operate in a way that is far from God, but it's just a little bit of touch of God enough to get people confused. And so the deception in particular was what this group of folks would say is wrong. Look at, look at verse 3 of chapter 4. They will say, speaking of those who have ideas far from God, who, who believe crazy things, who would tr try to deceive others because they themselves have been deceived, verse 3 says, they will say it's wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. Now, the first, the first impression of that, when we hear that people are going to try to deceive others by saying things like, it's wrong to eat certain foods or wrong to get married, your first impression may be like, that's crazy. And then probably in the quiet of your mind, you start to think, but is it crazy? Like, is there just enough of that in there to make you think about what you really believe? There's just enough of an element of truth to make you ask the question, well, is it okay if we do? Some of you in here today that are engaged are probably going, what is about to happen? <laughs> and some of you that are ready to go eat lunch are probably thinking, are we going to change plans? Like, because I want you to think about why we even entertain that question of these things that other people have said are wrong in order to be right with God. Because there are parts of Scripture that talk about singleness. There's parts of Scripture that talk about dietary laws. There's parts of Scripture that talk about fasting. So there's just enough in that deception to make you think that what you are doing is wrong. Or what you think is wrong. I believe we give thought to these things because we want to make sure that we're not wrong. So that's why we begin to think about these questions that are deceiving that are brought up. It also makes sense to us that we entertain these questions because if we think to ourselves that what we do leads to salvation, we're going to constantly check what we do. But here's another thing. I also think we give too much to these questions because we don't know what God's Word says about it to begin with. And because we don't know specifically what the Bible says about marriage and specifically says about dietary laws or foods, we automatically begin to question ourselves because we're unsure. Instead of going to the Bible, we begin to listen to somebody else. Notice verse 5. Verse 5 says, For we know it is made acceptable by what? By the Word of God and prayer. By demonstrating faith in what God says and by the Word of God. By what He says is by what we do. Is it wrong to be married? Not according to the Scripture, it's not. Marriage was God's idea, y'all. All the way back in Genesis, chapter 2. 
A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Marriage was God's idea, and it's a beautiful expression of the covenant love between God and his bride, the church, who he is always loyal to, and he always provides for, and he always protects, and he never leaves. See, this is why God gave us this gift of of marriage, and within the gift of marriage is the purpose of procreation. You see, this, this is why when you say, well, it's wrong to be married. No, it's not. How come? Because the Bible says it's not. Because it's God's idea. And I'm going to stand on that and you can pass on by to somebody else. But see, what we do is, is we get, we get to questioning ourselves, questioning what we believe because we don't know. Likewise, it's not wrong to be single either. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 7, 7, Paul describes marriage and singleness as a gift. So let's talk about food. Is it wrong to eat certain foods? Not according to scripture. Now, we can get into how much we eat. We can talk about those things. But it's not, a, not according to Scripture, it's not wrong to eat certain foods. God gave dominion over animal and plant life as food that is essential for life. That's in the Scripture, in Genesis. There were dietary laws in the Old Testament that separated, with a purpose, God's people from the nations of the world. But all of those gave way to grace. As you read the Scripture, God ended the dietary restrictions because the law just showed them how sinful they were. And Jesus just cleared all that up when Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verses 18 and 19, The food you put into your body cannot defile you. It's what comes from the inside that defiles you. It's not what you put in. It is what is bubbling up from your heart. That's what separates you from God and sin. That's what makes you from wrong from God. This is why, as we talk about these doing things and not doing things, and how could we ever keep the list of the law? This is why Jesus had to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. He, in his perfection, lived and died and rose again for our perfection and for our imperfections. So this is why we place our hope in Jesus. So when we hear things like, it's wrong to be married, they say it's wrong to eat certain foods. That ain't what Jesus said. But again, one of the reasons we even entertain these kinds of discussions within our workplaces or school settings or even within our families is because we don't know ourselves what the Word says and because we want to make sure we're right. We want to make sure we got it all so that we will stand before God right. Listen. Celibacy and dieting are good practices if you're not married and need to become healthier. But celibacy and dieting will not save you. And, and neither will any of these other things that people come up with to say that you do this, you will be saved. Outside of repentance of sin and faith in Jesus, there is no salvation. Jesus accomplished for us what we could not accomplish for ourselves. And once again, these things may be interesting to study... They may be interesting to study, but y'all, this is so on my heart right now. But Christian, they are not to become your message. They are not to become what you talk to somebody else about all the time. They are not to become, and things and these things like this, are not to become what you sit at the family table and talk about every blasted minute. When you do that and you take the emphasis off of Jesus, you are losing credibility with those that you influence. They ain't going to listen to you anymore because you're taken away from the gospel. But some will lose their minds to intricacies like this. I've seen it firsthand. I had a lady come and sit in my office. This has been a years ago at Lindsay Lane East. But she came in and I believe she wholeheartedly trusted Jesus for her salvation. Wholeheartedly. 
but she was consumed in her mind by names and numbers. I'm serious. She had studied this. Some study got her hooked on studying names and numbers. And she had studied it to the point of where if you had a biblical name and all the biblical numbers lined up, she would continue a relationship with you. When I told her the names of my kids, she approved of those so we could continue a relationship. I'm, you, I'm, if I'm lying, I'm dying. If not, if not, she would withdraw in conversation and relationship, y'all, to the point where she began to lose family. This person who loved the Lord Jesus had gotten hung up on something that was not the message of the gospel to the point that she was losing influence in ministry. What started as an interesting study led down a road to ascetics or abstaining rigidly toward gaining righteousness and she lost her focus and therefore lost her influence with others because she lost the message. Yeah, we can talk about marriage and we can talk about food because those things are in the scripture but you are talking about them in the context of the gospel. Paul says to Timothy, a worthy servant of Christ is one, listen to this, a worthy servant of Christ, which is our end, is our goal, is one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. So what should be on our mouth and what should be on our minds is the message of faith. What should we be learning? The message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. What is that? The gospel and doctrine. The gospel and doctrine. The story of scripture, the gospel, is God's story of redemption of God rescuing people of the world through the sacrifice of Jesus for the glory of God. That is the story of Scripture. When you study the Bible, study it in the context of the gospel, that Jesus fulfilled the law, that Jesus accomplished the work of salvation for all who would believe and repent, that Jesus will come again to fulfill His kingdom, a kingdom that anyone can be a part of by faith in Jesus and repentance of sin. Y'all, it's interesting to study the end times and anointing with oil and church governance and all those things. But those things are not the message. And I don't want you to, I don't want that to stop you from asking questions of us. Asking questions to your leaders and asking questions to your pastors and to those that you find mature in the faith. You should ask those questions. But anytime you start coming up with things like, is it okay for me to get married? Because this folks over here talk, well, yes, it is, of course. Now, let's counsel before you get married. And, and let's talk about what marriage actually means, not just to throw your feelings into a relationship. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about it in the context of the gospel. Did you know that script, what Scripture says? That, that marriage and the church is an illustration of the way that Christ and the church are one. That's what's riding on marriage. And food is for provision. It's not for gluttony. Food is, is to be thanked of God, that God provides for us, not just to take it for granted. Yes, we'll talk about those things in the context of the overall picture. Doctrine is good teaching. That's what it says. Doctrine, that's what it means when it says good teaching. This is the fundamentals of the faith. Y'all, before you ever play anything in sports, you've got to learn the fundamentals. Before you ever play any kind of instru instrument, you've got to learn the fundamentals. Whatever it is that you're doing, you've got to learn the base knowledge fundamentals that is based on the Scripture so that then you can filter everything else through that fundamental knowledge. Just last week, we had Lindsay Lane 101. Lindsay Lane 101, we, we took some time in there, and it takes a while to get through it, but we talked about what we believe based on Scripture. We talked about what we believe about God, man, the Bible, 
Jesus, the Holy Spirit, who can be saved, baptism. We talked about the Lord's Supper. We cover all those things because I want to be found faithful before God to tell you what we ought to be believing based on His Word. It's important. So don't think to yourself like, yeah, I missed all that. We'll just have to catch up. No, catch up. This is why we do a foundations class. This is why in groups, what we talked about in the group that Brittany and I were in this morning was was about forgiveness. Don't you think we need to know what the Bible says about forgiveness? If we don't, we'll get within our feelings or within what somebody else has told us. Now we're going the way that is opposite of God. Yes, the fundamentals are important. So don't be deceived. Deception comes when human works are a prerequisite for salvation. When what you do will lead to your own righteousness, you have been deceived. That is a mark, a biblical mark of false teaching. Don't be deceived. Be nourished. Be nourished by the message of faith and good teaching you have followed. Nourishment is what? It's a continual feeding. It's learning. It's filling your mind with the gospel that is the message and good teaching. Secondly, a worthy servant lives. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Y'all say this all the time, but I truly mean it. There is nothing wrong with diving in the deep. Nothing wrong with diving in the deep. But you should have no interest in diving in the deep if you don't swim in the shallow. Did y'all hear that? There are some folks that haven't busted church open in 15 years, and they'll come in here talking about they want to study Revelation. Give me a break. Oh, I want to talk about the deeper things of Scripture. I want to talk about how you love your neighbor. How about that? You love your neighbor. We'll talk about Revelation. There's no sense in diving in the deep if you don't swim in the shallow. So let's make sure that we swim in those fundamentals. And in the context of verse 6, the message here is, instead of dedicating your time... Considering the subtleties and the complexities of God's Word, respond to God's Word. Instead of spending your time wanting to study the the guys that are the theologians that use $5 words all the time, and God bless those guys, because they're able to reach folks that I can't reach because I'm not as smart as they are, guaranteed. But instead of following and sitting in your study and reading every single word and dividing it while people are going to hell, instead of spending all your time on the complexities and the subtleties of God's Word, respond to God, church. Respond to God. This is living the life. What what does that mean? Be obedient. Make disciples. Worship the Lord. Serve the body. Reach the community. Give your resources. Build relationships. Exercise your gifts for the glory of God and the good of man. Now I'm getting hot. I don't even know that was in there. It is Team Gear Sunday. If verse 6 was relative to the focus of our mind, if verse 6 is about what we fill our mind with, verses 7 and 8 are about the effort of our lives. It's about the effort of our lives. But responses 
like those that we listed in the list of making disciples, building relationships, serve the body, reach the community. And that list, well, that comes from training. It comes from training. So it's like this. Instead of discussing and debating the complexities of physical fitness, get yourself in the gym. Now, it's interesting that we use the word gym there because the word train found in verse 7, the word train found in verse 7 is the Greek word gymnazo, where we get the English version of gymnasium. I would imagine that if we're thinking about training yourself to be godly and getting in the gym to be godly, I would imagine that almost everybody in here that is an adult has likely had at least one gym membership in their lifetime. I've had multiple <laughs> memberships, and some of you are thinking not lately, but I truly have. I've had multiple gym memberships. I'm 39, and I've had those for you know years. When I was in college, though, the gym that you needed to be a part of if you really wanted to work out here was called the Lion's Den. If you wanted to be in the Lion's Den, you had to get ready because you would be transformed and you would begin to look muscled up and be a beast. And so I thought, well, that's where I want to be. And when I was in college, I went and I got a membership at the Lion's Den. The Lion's Den is still open on the west side of Athens. At the time, it was like the only gym in Athens that you really could be a part of outside of Curves. And I thought, probably need to be a part of the Lion's Den. And as I remember it, as I, as I remember it, everyone that joined the gym... And, and it's, some of you in here, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but everybody in here, if you join Lion's, Lion's Den Gym, you have to hold the airbrushed Lion's Den car tag in front of you. They take your picture. It's a Polaroid picture. They write your name at the bottom, and then they put it up on the bulletin board there for everybody to see. And I guess what they're going for is, this is your before picture. Years later, after you pay us more money and keep coming you'll see the transformation in your picture between the first one and the one that is to come. So listen, just getting a gym membership will often make us feel better, better, but transformation does not come from the membership. It comes from the movement. You picking that up? It doesn't come from the membership. It comes from the movement. The gym is not a place to sign up. The gym is a place to sweat. Train yourselves for godliness. As it becomes a discipline, the benefits begin to exhibit themselves. The scripture says physical training is good, but training for godliness, training in the gym, spiritual sweat, training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. There are spiritual benefits of ministry in this life. There is, there is certainty of eternal life in the next. Maturity in Christ will require that we exert some spiritual sweat. Now, listen to this, because this is where we gain godliness. Notice it says in the scripture, train yourself. That is not on anyone else. That's not on me. It's not on your group leader. It's not on the mature members of your family. Train yourself means exactly what you think it means. It means at that point it's on you. Now, it doesn't take away from the leadership gifts that God gives to the church. It doesn't take away from pastor's responsibilities. It doesn't take away from making disciples and being discipled. But you cannot be in the presence of a pastor, in the presence of a group leader, in the presence of even somebody teaching you on video screen 24 hours a day. And they are not the object of your faith anyway. But listen to this. 
God, who is in the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit within you, is with you all the time, and he is the object of your faith. So train yourself for godliness. When you are not at the gathering, when you are not at the group, we have to train ourselves to do what? To submit, to learn, to listen, to give, to serve, over and over, over and over, week after week, like what? Like a person that just joined the gym and is desperate for life change. Desperate for it. One scholar said this, I love this. She said, some days are for slaying. In other words, some days are for killing it, for doing good and doing big things. But most days, she said, are for simple faithfulness. And that is the training for godliness that happens day in and day out. And here's the kicker. When we have personally and spiritually developed an attitude of response towards God, then is when we'll be spiritually fit for ministry. That's when, when we've worked out long enough and we know what we're doing, then we can help you to do the same thing. So we train ourselves for godliness so that we can make disciples because we'll be spiritually fit for ministry. A worthy servant lives to be like God or trains for godliness. Worthy servant looks. This is the final thing. A worthy servant looks. First Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people and particularly all believers. To be spiritually disciplined, and this is what that means. As we get into this on Wednesday nights, as we get into this all the way through uh, all the Sundays of September, this is what spiritually disciplined means. To be spiritually disciplined is to do what we see in Scripture that is continually repeated, instructed, or exemplified. That is to be spiritually disciplined, which is why we talk about reading the Bible and praying and going to church and serving and, and reaching, all these things. Those are the disciplines that we see that are practiced or instructed or repeated in the Scripture. Those things are the what in, in spiritual disciplines. But what about the why? Why is it? Because a lot of times the reason why we start wavering in our spiritual disciplines is because we've lost the why. We've lost focus of why we are to do these things. At the beginning of the statement, in verses 9 and 10, the Bible says, Paul said, this is a trustworthy saying and everybody ought to buy it. This is a trustworthy statement. Everyone should accept it. Paul made that statement in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. The, and this is what he's saying. The reason that we push forward in persecution... The reason that we continue to depend upon our word and our feelings are screaming louder. The reason that we continue to pray when every day seems like it's all but lost. The reason we continue to do those things is because our hope is real. That's what he's saying. Because my God got up from the grave. That's why I'm reading my Bible. Because my God turned water into wine. Because my God fed 5,000 from a happy meal. Because my God... Because my God did all of those things. And because he did those things for his glory and for my good. And because he is the living God. Is why I practice spiritual disciplines. It's why we even struggle at times. Is what the scripture says. Jesus lived as God. Jesus died for us. Jesus defeated death. Therefore our hope is trustworthy. And able to save all who would believe. 
We read the Bible and pray and worship and serve and give because Jesus, our hope, is as the Scripture says. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God. Not the man upstairs that is so separate from us that he don't even involve himself with us. Not, not a God that cannot be proven that he is alive and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty for the apostles and 500 folks saw him and we have the followers leading after that that are proclaiming the same word of God kept together over centuries. He is the living God. And our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus and his righteousness. And verse 9 says, this is why for our hope. Why do we learn why do we practice these disciplines in our life? Because this is our hope, for our hope. Let me ask you a question. Do you have right standing with God? Let me ask you another question. Do you want to? Do you want to have right standing with God? You know the truth of that is? We all do. We all do. We all want to. If we believe that God exists, we definitely want to be right before God because we believe that God is all-powerful. A better question than all of those questions of do you want heaven and do you believe you're right with God is this question. What is your hope set on? As Adrian Rogers says, your faith is no greater than the object of your faith. So think about that. What is your hope what you believe on, what you believe about salvation. What is that based on? What is it set on? You want to know something? I have never been able to understand how people can't change. I'm serious. Like when people, you're, you're at a, a gas station or a register and they count back and they go, and that's 17, 18, 19, 20. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> Straight up. In fact, this week I got on my phone and started looking it up and I got about like three paragraphs down. I was like, just forget it. <laughs> it blows my mind. Every time somebody counts change in that way without anything prompting them, doing the mental math, I can't get it. God help my children. Why do I share something that embarrassing with you? <laughs> One might ask. Why do I share that with you? If I don't understand that, and I can't do it, what in the world would, would make me think that my own conclusions could get me to heaven? You know, I don't care how smart you are. There's something you can't do. And if there's something you can't do and you can't fix, what in the world would ma make us think that we are so smart that conclusions we reach are the ones that will get us into heaven? Oh, I've been a good person. Well, at some point you've been bad. So if at some point you've been bad before a holy God, that's not going to add up. I am smart. Well, there's some stuff you're not smart at. There's some things that I know that you don't know. There are a lot of things you know that I don't know, like counting change. But if, if, if I... You have got to work against that pride and see that no amount of good works and no amount of knowledge could make you right. If that's what you believe, your view of God is this big. You have made God down to your size. Let me just read this just for the sake of saying it one more time. There's something you cannot do. 
And whatever that is should make you well aware that your conclusions about God, apart from his word and revelation, are not completely trustworthy. And therefore, as Paul says, you should not accept it. You should not. This is why he says, this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Why should everyone accept it? Because God revealed himself through creation. He revealed himself through the word. He revealed himself through the person of Jesus Christ, who is God, that lived to show you how to live, that died in your place, which should have been your death for your son and for your sin, and rose again from the grave to give you power over death that you're not going to have. This is why all of this, the message of the gospel, is a trustworthy saying that you ought to take hold of. Because it is what God says unto salvation. Hope is grounded expectation in the heart. What is your hope grounded on? I don't care if you're 8 years old or 78 years old. What is your hope grounded on? I want to be called by every one of you to do your funeral. And I want to stand before all the folks that are going to come and tell them that your hope was built on nothing less than Jesus and his righteousness. That they were not looking to themselves to do what they could not do for themselves, but they were trusting in God, simple and serious faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to be forgiven of their sin and stand right before God. If you have this living hope that we talk about, you have an eternal reason to be spiritually disciplined. If you have this hope and you hang on to it, you have an eternal reason to be spiritually disciplined. A worthy servant of God, a worthy ser servant will learn God's word, will live the ways of God, and will look to their hope for their practice of godliness. Amen? And amen. Let's stand to our feet. Not only do we preach the word, but we want to give you an invitation to respond. We have an altar call here. We have pastors that will stand right down here. You don't have to walk this aisle. I will tell you this. You don't have to even pray at the altar. There's something special about getting on your knees before God. Confessing your faith. But I want to start here. If you know today you need to be saved. If, if your hope is not set on what we just talked about. Deal with that. Respond to God. Salvation is as simple as calling upon the name of the Lord to be saved. It's as serious as repentance of sin. So in the best way you know how, when we, when we bow our head in just a moment, call on God to save you. Confess that you're a sinner and believe that Jesus is the way to be forgiven. Maybe your next step is not salvation. Maybe your next step is baptism. You need to, you need to be obedient unto baptism. The next step may be for you that you need to join the church. You need to drop anchor and this be your place that you worship from, that you group at, you serve God together, you work for the glory of God and good of man. Maybe you want to pass right on by us and pray today. I know there's a lot of things going on. And in order for your spiritual disciplines to begin, you've got to work some things out with God because there's things going on in your life. You need to talk with them over. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray. We've heard your word. Lord, we need to be nourished by the gospel and doctrine. Lord, we need to train for godliness for our hope is built on the truth and your word has led us to these things because they are the truth of you so Lord today I pray for every single person that's in here I pray oh God in the name of Jesus that 
we would respond. And Lord, whether that be with someone today or whether in the privateness, the quietness of our own heart, we would call on you, Lord. But I pray that we would not stay where we are. Lord, we thank you for how you have made a way for us to be forgiven and set free from the penalty and the power of sin. And may we always live for you because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. This altar is open for you. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. And I see it now. Run to the Father, I fall into grace.
sing. Running into your arms is running from God's life from death. And I feel this rush deep in my chest. Your mercy is calling just as I am. Give-to-go video that we're going to play in just a moment. I want to continue to uh, remind you about our Give-to-go missions offering that's coming up in October. And uh, also let you know that the invitation, just because we quit singing here and stop the service, if you need to talk with someone, if you're ready to receive the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we, our pastors and counselors will be here for you. And uh, we are glad that you came today. Look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. Hey, we're uh, Derek and Marissa Toss, and we went on our, our first mission trip in March 2019. And we went to the Haiti um, New Missions mission trip, and this is Abigail. We, um, when we planned to go on the trip, we did not know that she was in the works, but um, we have two other kids we took with us, Aniston, who is 11, and Isaac um, is 9. So in Sunday school, uh, Mickey and Stacy brought up one Sunday that uh, about the uh, the missions trip to Haiti, and uh, we we went back and and you know prayed about it and made a decision you know to put our yes on the table. One of the reasons that we wanted to go on the mission trip was we wanted to um, show our kids you know what true poverty really was. Derek had a better understanding than I did, just being in the military. Um, and some of the things that he's seen when traveling overseas. Um, but we, pers I had not, and our kids had not truly understood, you know, the, the type of poverty that's in other parts of the world. After going on this mission trip, we were able to see uh, where our money and went to uh, as far as sponsoring a, uh, and, th and this particular mission was uh, uh, sponsoring a child, and we got, to, we got to meet her and see where the money goes. Well, and even the, just, you know, watching, having our children have the opportunity to truly put shoes on children's feet that were walking around on the most uncomfortable paths and roadways without shoes and watching 
the children open the shoe boxes that all of you guys give to and and I know we've had the opportunity to pack and and, and it was just such a blessing because we felt like when we decided to go we were giving to them but the irony of it is um, we received so much from just seeing the, the true peace that they have um, even in their worst situation so um, I definitely think it will. It left a lasting impact on our our kids. Yeah. They still say, don't they, that it yeah, was the best, their best vacation. Best vacation. <laughs> so, um, although it didn't feel like a vacation at the time, we will continue to support missions, and hopefully, we're looking forward to going back one day with our family of five and and getting to serve as a family of five. Now that we have the extra extra kiddo, we are. Derek and Marisa Tice, and we will give to go. Well, obviously, that is our uh, give to go uh, missions offering that will be coming up on October the 3rd, so we want to just keep that in front of you. I'm not going to run through those uh, announcements again, but I do want to share uh, one thing with you. We have a church announcements group um, off of our uh, Facebook page, our, our church Facebook page. You can go there and see all those announcements and be up to date on anything that, anything that is in our bulletin. And so the next time we do Know Your Bulletin game, you can come up here and know all the answers. Uh, but I would like to reiterate uh, what Pastor Andy John said on the way out. Um, the invitation is not over. Just because our service is over, God continues to move, doesn't stop here. And I would like to invite you, if you have any kind of prayer request or you just want to connect with us, fill out that connect card in the back of your pew, drop it off in any of the gray boxes on your way out, or just give us a call or email during the week. I had a young lady uh, email, or not email, I'm sorry, she called the church this week, and I had the opportunity to talk to her. My wife and I counseled with her on Friday, and she got saved in my office on Friday afternoon. Praise the Lord. And thank you, Jordan. I think I, think I see her back there. Um, and she'll be getting baptized in a couple of weeks, and that's just awesome. And we would encourage you as well. Call on us anytime. We'd love to minister to you. Let's pray as we leave. Father God, we thank you again for grace and mercy, and we thank you for the things that you are doing here at your church, Father. We thank you uh, for the vision that you've given Pastor, and just thank you for this sermon series that's going to be uh, uh, rolled out to us over the next few weeks, Lord, and we pray that you would use it to draw us to you, God, and continue to great, uh, do great things here in your congregation, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>